Welcome to the show, Welcome John Sturgeon, Brandon, Brandon Bumgarner, a very special guest at the bottom, Mr. Dan Barto, uh, Memphis Tiger legend, uh, and also uh, played in the NFL for quite some time. Also coached uh, in the AFL, that'll be the Arena Football League uh, as well. Dan Barto, thank you very much for being on the show with us today. Thanks for having me, guys. Uh, Dan, uh, when you look at the Memphis football program, I, I know Brandon's getting ready to make a, 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 a little statement for the Tiger faithful out there. But um, when you look at this Tiger program, uh, give me just your idea of the state of the program right now uh, with all this COVID stuff going on. I mean, I think, I think that we honestly had a very good year this year. Uh, you know, obviously, I think you know, with Brady coming back and some of the guys that we thought would be coming back, we might have had a better year. But I think COVID affected, you know, every team in the nation, and especially ours. You know, we lost, you know, a great receiver, a great running back who, you know, who decides to opt out. Uh, a lot of young guys had to step up. A lot of a lot of guys that weren't the feature guy. I, you know, I, I thought we had a very good year for all those facts, you know, especially with the new head coach who's coming in, no matter how much you think you're never truly prepared. And then you add on the COVID. I think that he did a great job this year, you know, maintaining us winning, we had a chance to be in the running again. But, uh, you know, obviously we're used, you know, we've gotten spoiled. We're used to winning, uh, you know, 10 plus games, but I thought he did a really, really good job. You know, Barto, I was going to say, Barto, you can also say, you know, it's always just shows like what kind of relationship <clears throat> Silverfield also has with the players as well. And it carried over from Norvell when he was a head coach at Memphis as well. Oh, yeah. I mean, I think that was one of the big reasons that, you know, they wanted to keep that. They felt there was a, you know, uh, he got the job is because of the consistency with some of the players. Obviously, some of the recruits that were going into the, you know, coming into the program. Uh, I know that, you know, I, I think the future is bright with them. Go ahead, Brandon. Okay, so uh, I've gotten a lot of texts. I've seen a lot of stuff on social media um, asking if the players, um, uh, if Coach Silverfield's lost the locker room. Uh, that's not the case at all. Um, one thing I will say is, with COVID going on, there are multiple scholarships that um, are not going to be able to be filled because uh, a lot of guys are going to opt to stay an extra year. But I've seen a lot of transfers in the Memphis programs and I've uh, Memphis program um, thus far uh, since since off season, um, including Joseph Dorseyus today. Um, but I just wanted to address the Memphis fans uh, as a big Memphis fan myself. We are in no shape or form um, going to drop back and be um, uh, where we were at one point. Uh, this is not this is not something we need to be worried about. This is something that we should look for and relish because these kids that are transferring here from Power Five schools are looking for competition and to take spots from other kids. Um, they want to be in a successful program. They want to be successful for themselves. If you look at the track record that Memphis has as far as putting kids in the NFL, um, the last few years, Memphis is a place that kids want to go to be successful. Um, and to kind of hop on what I was saying about Coach Silverfield, he hasn't lost the locker room. Um, I think certain kids are scared of competition. 
Um, as far as the depth that is coming into the team, uh, as far as transfers or recruiting class, you also have to look at our recruiting class. The highest strength recruiting class we've ever had in the school's history right now. Um, and I know signing day is coming up in February, so a lot more kids are going to be committing to the University of Memphis to play football. Um, but, yeah, I just kind of wanted to hop on that because I've seen a lot of people questioning Silverfield saying, has he lost the locker room? Has he lost the confidence in these kids? That's not the case at all. Um, it's that we just have better players coming in and better options. And some of these kids are looking at their options, weighing them, saying, hey, it might be best if I go play somewhere else. It's happening at every school in the country, every single one. Tennessee had 10 players in the transfer portal before Jeremy Pruitt got fired. 10. Ole Miss has players in the transfer portal. Mississippi State, we got two from Michigan State coming to Memphis. I mean, like I said, it's happening everywhere, but I wanted to address that. Um, Coach Barto, uh, I, got the, I got to watch the Explorers back in the day. That was my first memories of professional football, and I wanted to thank you for that because going to the pyramid to those games was so much fun, and I miss the AFL in Memphis. Yeah, it was a good time. It was a, you know, it was a, it was a good time to be in the AFL, and uh, it was really, you know, back when it was really exploding. And uh, you know, I, I always told people, I, I, I think if you ever got a chance to go see an arena game in person, it's a lot like hockey. If you go to a game in person, it's just a way better experience. It's not a great TV game. It's 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 a better in person experience. You know, <clears throat> Coach Barto, you also you know, coached in Las Vegas under the Gladiators organization as well. So can you talk about that? Yeah, that, you know, that, that was a trying time uh, uh, for me. You know, it, it, you know, it's hard to win in Vegas. You know, people sit there and say, <laughs> uh, you know, and I, I tried to get a team that was mostly better. I mean, it's just, there's so much going on there. Uh, you know, and, and we were the youngest team in uh, the arena league at the time. And, we, you know, we were dealing with a lot of, I had to clean up a lot of salary cap issues, which is funny is because the year after they left, they became the Cleveland Gladiators and they had a great season. And we were, and it's kind of funny as a coach when, you know, you're in this business long enough, you know, where's a good fit and not a good fit sometimes after you've taken a job. And I knew that team was set up for success. And, you know, the head, the, the new head coach did a great job with them, but it was kind of funny. We were all sitting around. I, I still think about it. I'm like, man, we gave that guy the, the keys of the kingdom because we had to clean up all the mess and, and hand it over. You know, we got, we got a Yugo and he got a Cadillac. <laughs> uh, coach, uh, talking about your, your, your Memphis career, of course, you had a very storied career at, at the university. Uh, talk a little bit about your time there and just a little bit about the players that you got a chance to play with. Oh, you know, I, I'm so fond of my time at Memphis. Uh, you know, first of all, you know, being coached by Keith Butler was for a young guy was a dream, you know, being my position coach and then having Jolie Dunn and Tim Rose. And, uh, you know, I, I got to play alongside, you know, great defensive players, you know, Rod Brown was with me for a long time playing uh, Will Linebacker. And then I played with AC Collins and those guys, uh, you know, I got to watch Kenny Irvin grow up. Uh, Barry Dillard, uh, Jeremy Williams was a great player that doesn't get talked about enough at Memphis was unbelievable. And then, you know, obviously we knew Isaac Bruce and Russell Copeland and Matt Cody, those guys, 
you know, Steve Matthews. I mean, it, it, it was a great football team. Unfortunately, you know, we didn't win the way I, I think when we all look back, you're kind of disappointed. But, you know, back then, you know, we were playing three SEC teams and then kind of playing a, a conference schedule kind of similar to this one, you know, uh, but we were throwing in those three SEC teams. So, you know, we didn't have a lot of depth. Uh, a lot of young guys had to play and probably weren't ready at, at that time, but it ended up making them better players in the end. And, uh, you know, I, but I, I look upon it nothing but it was, it was one of the greatest times of my life. I, I love those guys. I still keep in touch with so many guys uh, off of that team. And, yeah, I, I have nothing but love for Memphis, the university, and that time there. Go ahead, Coach, do you uh, – did you ever get a hard hit in uh, Isaac Bruce here in practice at all? I mean, uh, I, I had to ask that. Uh, the dude was shifty, so uh, he's a Hall of Famer now. So He came in one time at practice to crack me, and I picked him up, and I set him back down. <laughs> he kind of looked at me and I was like, you win ball games for us, boss. I'm not hitting you. So uh, I just told him, I always used to tell him I'd always mess with those guys. It's like, stay out there in Kittyville. This is Mansville. Stay out there. <laughs> That's awesome. But I, you know, I love Isaac. I, I tell people all the time that, that, you know, Isaac is one of my favorite people of all time. Man, that guy was not just a great teammate, but his competitiveness, you know, Russell and those guys, all those guys, you know, it was funny. We were a very close-knit team, but, I, you know, I love those guys. I love competing against them, and and we, you know, we there was times of practice like any team. It got nasty, and it got rough, but I, lo I love those guys. I, I mean, I still love those guys, and it is, I'm so happy for Patrick. It's It was such a long time coming, but I'm glad it finally happened because he deserved it. You know, absolutely. Yeah, you know, Coach Bartow, you were also a scout for the or the LA or not LA Rams, but the St. Louis Rams back in the day when they were the St. Louis Rams. But uh, first of all, I want to say congratulations on being a part of the M Club Hall of Fame at Memphis as well. You know, you basically brought up you know a good point regarding that because you know other guys still talk to other players in the past as well, and ever since the '90s, I think. Well, I've been I was five years old at the time. But if I remember right, when my cousin played back in the 90s under Rip Shear, Memphis football has always had that relationship regarding teammates that always stay in touch as a family as well, you know? Yeah, it's a, it's an amazing, you know, and, that, and, and, and I have to give Coach – well, I really – Coach Norvell did, you know, let it happen. But I have to give Marcus Bell a lot of credit. Marcus did a phenomenal job when Coach – of bringing us all back into the fold – uh, doing the tire, you know, walk be the Friday before the game, uh, getting us all back involved. You know, I was, I mean, I was, uh, Coach Norvell gave me an opportunity to talk to the team. It was the first time I'd talked to the team since I'd, you know, played football there. So that was awesome. And, and I think they've, and they've carried that on. And, you know, this year, obviously, with the challenges with COVID, we weren't allowed to do it. But I think that's something that will continue. And I, I think that helps young guys understand you know, th this generation, uh, younger guys are not as connected to the past as they've been, you know. So it's good to know that, hey, man, this guy, Tim Harris, was an unbelievable football player here at Memphis. 
unbelievable NFL player. Derek Burroughs was a first round pick. You know, it's, it's neat for me. I always loved meeting those guys. And even if I got two seconds to pick their brain, you know, what would you say I need to do or what do I need to be better? I think that helps players. I always think that it helps programs immensely. Well, so yeah, Brent. So, uh, um, do, Coach, uh, you were talking about playing three SEC teams uh, back when you were in school. Do you think that it would benefit uh, the University of Memphis if they could get that going again now? Um, I personally think, hey, play the schedule that you got lined up. Uh, like in, within the next few years, we're going to be playing Mississippi State, Arkansas, Missouri again. Um, do you do you want those rivalries to come back, such as? Alabama, Ole Miss, Tennessee, uh, those schools. Would you like to see those come back? Uh, I don't. I don't think you need to anymore. I mean, we are a national brand now. We mm -hmm. play a very good conference. It's very, you know, it's recognized nationally. People have a very good football conference. You know, like I said, you know, every maybe two years or whatever, sprinkle in somebody here and there. I think that's that's good for any program. Uh, mm -hmm. You know, but I. I don't think you'll ever need to go back and do have the schedules like we had where you have to play three teams or play a Florida State, sell a game. You know, those days are past us. And, and you know, you like them as a football player and, and as a fan because you get to see us compete. And I think we can compete with almost any of those teams, especially the ones we were playing. Uh, but, I, I, you know, I think now you have to play the schedule you have, which is very good football schedule against a very in a very good conference and that's all you need and I, I think the fans you know that's what they want to see anyways they know those uh opponents now go ahead Coach Barto, also you know i want to talk about you know a little bit of your playing days as well you know you know um you're still the leading tackler in memphis history so i want to say congratulations on that still as well but um you know, you played under Coach Chuck Stobart, but your sophomore year, y'all went into Southern Cal and beat Southern Cal when they were ranked number 16 in the country at Southern Cal. And then your junior year, y'all beat Arkansas. And then y'all senior year, y'all beat Mississippi State in Arkansas. So talk about those huge wins, what kind of how they brought the Memphis program during your tincture that was a good wins under the Memphis program. Well, I mean, you know, the Southern Cal one was always one that'll stick in your head because it's Southern Cal. It's a nationally known program. It's a great place to play. And I'll be honest with you, it's a funny story. You know, I, I, I love Coach Stobart, but, uh, you know, we got tired of hearing about Southern Cal. You know, I was like, man, I hate these guys. And I've never even seen met these team or <laughs> seen them. I'm like, I'm so sick of hearing about Southern Cal. And it was, funny. it was, it was the only, it was really the first game that I can remember. Like we were down at half, not bad, but I'm like, we're going to drill these guys. And i tell you what though. Uh, I will say this: Southern Cal is the most beautiful football team walking out in the field you've ever seen. I was like, good God, these guys look like if you drew an NFL, uh, a college football player that's going to play in the NFL, they all look like, it. but, uh, you know, we, we kind of noticed early, like, um, when we when we hit them, we were more aggressive, more physical. We played a different kind of football than they did. They played a more of a what you would see today, a more zone. And, you know, mm -hmm. they, were, they, had, they had really good athletes. And uh, I, I just knew we were going to win. That was huge. The Arkansas won, uh, you know, just kind of 
no offense, we were just better in Arkansas. We knew it early. Uh, you know, you love beating Mississippi State and Ole Miss just because of where they are, and you're playing them every. We were playing them every year, so those were always big wins. Those those are great wins. You know, the one we I think we, that always hurts me that we let let get away was. Um, when we lost Alabama here, ten to seven, and I thought we were as good as they were, and we should have beat them. I, I felt we could have beat them. I think everybody did, but you know, to their credit, they won. And then, you know, they go on to have an unbelievable year next year, <laughs> and you know, yeah. and uh, and had a great year. But no, there was a lot of big victories. You know, especially beating an SEC team anytime is huge or a national team. But you know, I, I enjoyed as much beating Southern Miss, you know, just because of the brand of football they played and they were so good back then. Uh, you know, they, they'd just come out of the far bear where they were beating Auburn, they beat Alabama, they beat Florida State, you know. So it was always fun beating them. And it was, you know, Coach Stobart always called the black and blue game, which is stuck forever. And it was, uh, yeah. you know, it was always just a physical, nasty football game. That's a non-conference uh, start, John. Um, that same thing you were. <laughs> yeah, that's a non-conference game I would like to bring back. Yeah. Uh, Southern Miss, the Black and Blue Bowl. Um, that was always fun because they had fans travel here. We had fans travel down there. It's not a bad road trip. If they can get their football team back to not where they were, but a little bit of relevancy, like making a bowl, that'd be a good Conference USA opponent to match up with, I believe, for the Tigers. Um, and to kind of piggyback on your USC. Uh, USC thing. So I'm 25. I wasn't old enough to see that, but I've seen the game on YouTube. Um, I've watched it. That our team, uh, the, the Tigers back then were just like you said, so much more physical. Um, and uh, I tell people all the time when I go out of town, football's different in the South. It is just different. Um, there's no way around it. So it's, you saw it in the national championship game this year. You saw Alabama manhandle Ohio State. Everybody's like, oh, Ohio State, less included, uh, was like, oh, Ohio State's going to make this a ball game. I know, I know it's different. Um, the type of athletes that are down here um, playing college football. Um, but to piggyback on the USC thing, like I said, I wasn't old. I wasn't born at the time, so I didn't really get to see it. But that kind of reminds me of when UCLA came to the Liberty Bowl. And it was the five stars versus the walk-ons. All you heard about, because UCLA beat Texas A&M the week before they played us, all you heard about was Josh Rosen this, UCLA's got this five-star, UCLA's got that five-star. We went in there with a walk-on wide receiver who's now one of the greatest players in program history and beat them down. And it wasn't even a close game. The score says otherwise, but it wasn't a close game in my books. So, but yeah, um, I, I've watched that USC game a couple times, and uh, uh, the nostalgia of Tiger football back back in the '90s is just—it's got a special place in my heart because I know my parents grew up around it, and um, I'm 25, like I said, but I'm growing up around it right now. Um, coming off of a Cotton Bowl year, a conference championship, and then doubling up in Silverfield's first year as a head coach to win his bowl game um, and win eight games in a year like this uh, that we've never seen before, uh, it's pretty special. Yeah, without a doubt. It's, uh, it's been, uh, you know, it's been a great run here, you know, and um, it's been fun to watch because I think this is like anybody thought that, 
you know, this is, this is where our program should have been for years. And thank goodness it is, you know, uh, it's, it's, it's a fun brand of football to watch. It's fun to go to the games. You know, I got to last year was the first year I've, I've been able to experience, you know, tailgate and go into games in 20 plus years, you know, I've not been around. So, um, I really enjoyed it. Uh, I enjoy, you know, the atmosphere they've created at the Liberty Bowl, the Tiger Walk, the whole. I mean, it's it's Tiger Lane. It's it's just it's just it's everything a football program should be, and it's. I, I think it's only going to keep continuing and getting better and better. Uh, you know, and uh, I I look forward to next year. Hopefully, we you know this this virus calms down and we get back to some normalcy and. And, and uh, you know, people come out, we're okay, healthy, and we're able to go back to football the way it was. You know, Brayden, I was going to say, you did make a good point when UCLA did come here. But how about that year before where we basically competed with them on a national level as well the year before? Yeah, it went to the Rose Bowl. Um, I remember because I was a bat boy for the Memphis Redbirds at the time, and it was a playoff game. And the Redbirds ended up losing, and I got my stuff bolted out of there so I could watch the Tigers go play UCLA in the Rose Bowl, which is just a cool opportunity. If it wasn't for a, a terrible uh, call and they called a touchdown back, we probably would have beat UCLA that year too. But, um, yeah, that's uh, th- those, those are my big memories as far as us going out west and uh, playing some football. But, yeah, Coach Bartow and the Tigers back then, man, they uh, they were physical. I don't know if I've seen any physical teams out of Memphis. Hard hitting, man. You know, kids just they don't hit as hard as they used to, Coach. And uh, I'm sure y'all laid laid the wood down on a, a couple guys back in the day. Yeah, you know it's it's different now. Obviously, you know, especially with you know the way the targeting rolls out. I don't want to get in because everybody's going bananas, but you know it. <laughs> I, uh, it, it's just different, you know. It, it's a different time. We're uh, we're yeah, you know, we're taught to tackle different, which is which is good for obviously health reasons and things of that nature and protecting players. But it was a different time, and you know, I I played with a group of guys that that were fun guys and had a lot of pride and and were nasty. You know, wanted to hit you in the mouth, kind of that was what we were and we knew we could do that to people. And uh, like I said, it was just a lot of fun with those guys and that, and the attitude we brought on defense during those years was, it was a lot of fun playing with those guys. Coach, my, uh, I got a fan that, or a fan of yours actually watching the show right now. Cause that's my dad, Mr. Terry started with, he coached your son, Will at Briarcrest. Uh, where has your son Will been up to? You know, I know, he had a chance to walk on at Memphis. Yeah, he got, he, been he got, he got, so he got really hurt uh, in a game with a real bad, like real bad concussion, knocked him out. He done with football. He was, he's, he's got a little bit left of school and uh, he's got an opportunity and I don't want to talk before it happens, but he's got an opportunity with somebody that was at Memphis is uh there's a new program start up. He's going to be the D coordinator. And I think Will's going to go up there and uh, coach linebackers with him and finish this semester of school. So it's all looking good for him. Yeah, my dad said he's proud of him. So, you know. He's a good kid. That's awesome. You know, I, I, I got to I gotta give his mama some some credit. You know, we're, she did a good job with him. He's a good, he's a good kid. Mm-hmm. 
Well, Coach, uh, when you look at the players you played with and then we look forward into this weekend in the NFL, uh, we have got some talented, talented players on the field this weekend, especially at a quarterback position. Uh, when we talk about these two matchups, first off, we'll talk about Tampa Bay and Green Bay. Um, I mean, is there a better playoff matchup between two quarterbacks than this matchup this week? I, I, I don't know. You know, I, I think Aaron Rodgers is playing as well as I've ever played. Uh, he, he, he's definitely playing at an MVP caliber. Uh, and then, you know, you look over on that other sideline, there's Brady who just <laughs> never seems to age, you know. And it, it kind of cracked me up that you're watching him early. It reminds me of uh, – it always reminds me of the Patriots, even though he's with Tampa Bay. Is, you know, everybody, oh, Brady looks terrible. He's old. He can't throw. He can't. And here he comes again. He's in the playoffs and he's marching along. But I, I, I respect those two guys. I mean, they're, there's, you know, Brady's obviously probably, you know, it's arguably you can say whatever you want. The greatest quarterback to ever played a position just because of wins and what he's done and longevity. And then here's Aaron, who is unbelievably talented and is this team's rolling right now. And he's got an opportunity cement his legacy this year. I really believe so. Uh, go ahead, Brent. Uh, so when it comes to Tom Brady, um, I was listening to uh, ESPN radio this morning, driving around for work and they were talking about the guy, uh, has 14, 14 championship appearances, championship game appearances, that's double the amount of second place, which is Joe Montana. That that stat is unreal to me. Um, and I think this game is a, so to speak, pa- passing of the torch, possibly. Um, if Aaron Rodgers can be, I know we all know Aaron Rodgers is what thirty six years old, so he, he's not he's not young by any means, but. Heck, Peyton Manning won a Super Bowl when he was, what, 40? So um, anything can happen. Uh, but, no, I, it, it could be a passing of the torch from Tom Brady saying, hey, kid, here's the reins to the NFL, you know, um, if Brady were to lose, which I think even if the Buccaneers lose this weekend, Tom Brady returns. Like he said, he wants to play until he's 45. He's at the top of his game still right now. The dude's unbelievable. But um, uh, when you look at the other game, you have two really young quarterbacks who are the future of the NFL um, in Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes. Uh, I know Patrick Mahomes has a lingering uh, uh, foot injury. Uh, I believe it's turf toe that they're kind of looking at. And then he just got out of the concussion protocol. Um, but that game really excites me. Two explosive offenses, um, two, two great coaching staffs. Uh, the only thing that, Kansas City has over Buffalo, in my opinion, on offense as a run game. Um, uh, and it's not really that their run game's bad. It's just that uh, Kansas City just has a great all-around offense, and Andy Reid is a wizard when it comes to play calling. Um, what do you think about Patrick Mahomes and uh, Josh Allen uh, being the, next, the future of the NFL? Um, I know those two guys are going to go head-to-head for quite a while in this league, hopefully, so – yeah, I, I think I think Patrick Mahomes obviously is a you know unique once in a lifetime generation talent that comes around. I, I think he is everything that you look for in a quarterback. Uh, 
I think he plays at a high level. I think they're always going to be in competing for Super Bowls as long as he's healthy and, you know, they can keep guys around him. Uh, Josh Allen has really, really come out. I remember doing Josh Allen actually as a scout. And I like Josh. You know, I knew his arm, you know, his athletic, his arm was super, super strong. And I was worried about his accuracy. And a lot of guys were. And, and to his credit, he fixed his mechanics. And he looks like a different guy. I mean, he looks like a guy that's going to be around forever. Uh, you know, the, both of them are going to be fun to watch for a long time. I think they're both just going to get better and better at their positions. Uh, like you said, you kind of got the – the old man battle, not that they're old, but the old man battle on one side, and you got the young, the young buck battle on the other side, which both of them are very, uh, very intriguing when you're watching them. I, I, you know, I, I think all four of them are playing at a very high level right now, uh, which makes for good football to watch. Um, I, you know, as, as, as corny as it sounds, it's all going to come down to who can protect who the best, uh, like it always does in football. You know, Brady, if he gets hit, he's not, He's not the Tom Brady we're used to, but none of the quarterbacks are. You know, if they start getting hit, you watch them, they all are not as good as they can be. If they're clean and they're sitting in the good pocket, you know, they're all they're all can make all the throws. So it'll be interesting how they try to these defenses try to come up and uh, challenge these quarterbacks. Coach, I'm putting you on the spot. Who do you got? In those games. I'm going to go, you know, it hates me because I, I hate every time I feel like I do this, I feel like the biggest idiot, but I'm going to go against Brady and go with Green Bay. And then I'm going to go with Kansas City. I just think they got a little bit more right now, even though Mahomes is hurt. I think they'll find a way to win. Uh, it'll be ugly and it'll be close. I think both games will be really close, but I think it's going to be Green Bay and Kansas City. Yeah, I, 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 I am really excited about this uh, weekend's <laughs> games, Coach. I, I think it's going to be two great matchups. Uh, and, I mean, all, even on the defensive side of it, that's really, to me, the most intriguing part is how are you going to stop these guys? Uh, I mean, you look at all four quarterbacks that we've mentioned today, and each four of them can dice you up and slice you up all the way down the field, uh, two of which uh, with their legs, uh, one of which, you know, the other two with their feet. Uh, Brady and Rodgers are not the most fleet-footed anymore, for sure. I'm going to stop you on that. Aaron Rodgers can get down, bro. He can. Aaron Rodgers can roll. He had a 20-yard rush last week, and my one of my best friends is a huge Packers fan, and he had a 20-yard rush last week, and we're all like, Whoa, what? And he's just smart with the football. His quarterback IQ is unmatched. He's probably the smartest quarterback in the NFL right now since Peyton Manning's no longer in the NFL. But um, Aaron Rodgers reminds me a lot of Peyton Manning uh, as far as arm strength-wise, his accuracy. Uh, and you also have to think, Aaron Rodgers has never had a first-round pick as a weapon besides uh, uh, who's the tight end who plays for him. I can't think of his name. He's got one guy who's not very good, hasn't been very good his whole career, who's a first-round pick. Aaron Rodgers make, helps makes, make names for these receivers that he has. So – I'm absolutely going with Green Bay this weekend. I think the Bucks' defense is very good. Um, if Devin White shows up like he did last week, then Aaron Rodgers might have some problems. But on the other end, I'm picking the Bills. 
I'm picking Buffalo because I think it's time for Buffalo to go back to the Super Bowl. Um, their fans have endured so much over the years uh, from going to four straight Super Bowls. I couldn't imagine that. Going to four Super Bowls in a row and losing all four of them. And then turn around uh, for a long time not being a great team, you know, um, being kind of bottom barrel. Uh, and I think this is the year they get over that hump and go to the Super Bowl. The Chiefs, me being a Broncos fan, the Chiefs uh, ha- haven't uh, really uh, done done very much uh, over the last few games. Uh, they haven't really impressed me. That's what I'm trying to say. Um, when Henny went in last week, they should have lost to the uh, Browns, which, I mean, I think America was cheering for the Browns because that, that would have been an incredible story for them to get to the conference championship. Uh, but, yeah, I, I believe that it's going to be Aaron Rodgers versus Josh Allen in the Super Bowl. And um, But if you get Mahomes, you got you got the State Farm Bowl. You got Rodgers versus Mahomes. So, uh <laughs> I wonder how much State Farm paid for that one. Good point. <laughs> John, who you got, man? Uh, Green Bay and Buffalo. I, you know, I, although I w- kind of do wish, you know, Tampa Bay could be the first team in the Super Bowl to host in their own city. But uh, I like Green Bay. I think it's the cold weather is going to be the difference of the game. Um, talking about snow, what we talked about earlier this morning. But uh, I think Aaron Rodgers and the offense could probably – I mean, it's quite – especially when Antonio – I know Antonio Brown wasn't much last week against New Orleans, but he's now doubtful, you know, for that game. And it is one of those playmakers that Tom Brady does throw the ball in his past as well. But, um, t- yeah, I got Buffalo at home just because I like their defense a lot better than Kansas City defense, although – I got to give Kansas City's defense a lot of credit last week. You know, they did pretty well. And the same thing with Buffalo's defense. But I think Buffalo, when they held Lamar Jackson, the Ravens, just to three points by Baltimore not running the football pretty well on them. But uh, I like Buffalo. Yeah, uh, I mean, I, I think it's going to come down to uh, – I think Tom Brady is just destined to, to, to win it this year. I mean – we talked about it on the show earlier. Uh, I mean, if Tampa Bay will be the first team to host, and if they win, they'll also win the NFL, the MLB, and the NHL championships all in a year. And that's a pretty nice little trifecta in the, when it comes to the sporting world. Um, Coach, when you look at uh, these two teams moving into the uh, Super Bowl, um, I mean, how exciting do you get come playoff time in the NFL? Oh, I always get excited. You know, I, I think that's when, you know, the best football's played. You got the best teams playing. And it, sometimes it's a team that just got hot at the right time. It's, it's fun to watch, you know, and it's fun to watch the strat. For me, it's fun to watch the strategy. Like you said, you know, uh, you take uh, Buffalo going to play Kansas City. You know, Buffalo's been successful on defense, been playing really well. Do they try to pressure Mahomes? Because Mahomes is one of the best at beating the blitz. It's not with his legs. It's just with his smarts and arm. You know, are they going to sit back? Are they going to let, you know, stack the box, try to stop the run or let him run, try to make the tackles play, you know, because 
you know, Kels and, and, and those guys and he'll give you problems. I mean, you gotta, you gotta count for those guys. Uh, you know, vice versa is Tampa going to try to play physical and bounce and, uh, you know, uh, play man-to-man and bump and run some like they did against Green Bay the first time. You know, those are the things that I get excited to see. You know, how are you going to attack them? And how's the offense going to attack the defense of what they're expecting? That's That, to me, is a, like an ex-coach was what makes it fun. I love to see, you know, I, I know some of these guys in the NFL from being in there and watching them. You know, they're very good at what they do, and it's fun to watch how they're going to attack and what they're going to do. That's what I enjoy. And then I'm a big – I've always been – I guess I learned that from an early age. I love to watch the fronts, the defensive and offensive front, because I can tell how a game's going to go pretty quick there. And I I think if more fans would concentrate on that sometimes, you'll understand, well, well, man, we got all these great guys. Well, no, you're losing the line scrimmage. You're losing protection. You're losing – you can't run the ball or – Hey, we're we're not stopping anybody. Well, they're averaging six yards a rush. Yeah, <laughs> no kidding. You're not. Everything's open in the playbook. So those are the fun things that I like to watch. But I do think I, you know, who here's the great thing I think with all four teams, whoever gets in, they're all playing at a high level right now, and it's going to be exciting. It's going to be an exciting Super Bowl, anyways. And like I said, I, I always feel weird because every time I pick against Brady, I feel like an idiot. You know, like, what am I doing here? It's kind of like betting against Belichick. You know, you're always like, am I really doing that? You know, am I going against this guy that's always winning? You know, you always feel that way with him that he finds a way to win. And But uh, but I, I think it'll be a good matchup all the way around for both these games are going to be fun to watch. Coach Barton, do you have like a top, maybe like top three Famous road trips that you enjoyed going on when you played at Memphis? Oh, God. Uh, without getting myself Wait. in trouble? Like, yeah. <laughs> 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 yeah. I mean, hey, 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 coach, hey, coach, coach, coach it's okay. <laughs> hey, we've had former Memphis players in the past say Knoxville, so it's okay. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, I, I've enjoyed. I mean, uh, you know, obviously, I liked. I liked playing. Uh, there were some games that always stand out. You know, uh, yeah, I mean, playing in Knoxville was fun just because of the fans and and you know they're they're not really rude. You know, uh, I I enjoyed. Sometimes. Always, I always enjoyed. You know, which is weird. Like people always ask me. You know, no offense. Like Ole Miss fans are the worst. You know, I tell people that all the time. Like I I'm not a fan of Ole Miss people you know that that whole grove thing man i don't i don't get it but whatever it is what they want better anyway yeah and and then uh i loved going to new orleans man i I just love that city you know and and you know we 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 whacked them around pretty good when i was there in the you know that i think we scored like 60 points or something in the first half you know it was like ridiculous but that was always a fun trip to go on uh you know, it. I, I, I kind of always liked going on the road. You know, I, I like that underdog. And, you know, when we were at Memphis, we were kind of that way anyways. I, I liked being on the road. You know, I, I like getting out and, new, you know, seeing a new city, playing in a different stadium and, and uh, you know, places that I'd seen on TV and never had been to or heard about. Those were, those were always fun to me. Uh, you know, we, and, and, you know, and one thing I can always say that, 
Memphis was always great at taking care of us on the road, the university. Like, man, we were always first class everywhere we went, the meals, where we stayed. You know, that that's one thing that I told people, I go, man, you wouldn't believe how well this university treated us as players when we were on the road. You know, I know, I think one time we stayed in like the Stouffer or something at when we played in the Texaco Star Classic, you know, it was like a five-star. It was unbelievable. And then we went and played Miami my senior year, and we were down there for Thanksgiving, and we were on uh, – we, we were at uh, Key Biscayne in one of the nicest – you know, I mean, it was like, <laughs> wow. It's, this is – you know, if we're going to be away from home, this is a way to be away from home, you know. So – but, uh, you know, stadium-wise, you know, I, I always like the bigger – you know, obviously the good teams that have won. It didn't always have to be big – but, you know, you had I, – I always laugh because when we played the Raging Cajuns, I remember these two monster Cajuns. There, there was nobody in the stadium. And they were just screaming and cussing at us the whole game. And I was like, you got to be kidding me. Who are these guys? Like, you know, but I, I, those are the weird things you remember as an ex-player. You know, like, I've been in Knoxville with 100,000-plus, and I remember these two Cajun – muscle heads behind us drunk screaming at us and dog cuts at us you know i was like what is going on here those cajuns are crazy now <laughs> yeah those cajuns are nuts um i live i'm originally from memphis i now live in a small town in arkansas called cross in arkansas so i'm right here at the louisiana border yeah they're nuts man they like tie, tie themselves to trees down here in hurricanes man like they're crazy <laughs> they're crazy man i bet you're getting some good uh, food, but man. uh coach <laughs> oh man, the boudin and crawfish down here is something else, boy. Man, it's good stuff. Uh, coach, just wanted to say once again, thank you very much for coming on with us for about 40 minutes today. I uh, had a great time picking your brain. Uh, heard some great memories from your time at Memphis and also coaching. And also, thank you very much for your insight into this weekend of, of I'm sorry, of NFL championships. Thank you very much. Okay, thank you guys.